I swear. Updates always happen at the worst possible time. Always at the worst possible time. Man, I, I got back from D.C. and tried to hop on the laptop first thing this morning. Wouldn't work. Then it was like cutting on, and the, the minute I, you know, type your password in, boom, log right back out. Like, damn it, Apple, I am not buying a new laptop this week. Not going to do it. Stay Satan. You know what that means, though, right? Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to end up buying a new laptop by Friday. Shit. Pretty much, dude. Apple knows they're going to get you. All right, let's start the show for this thing crap out of us. What up, what up, what up? Jason Spells in New York City, Brandon Edler in Los Angeles. Um, how was the, what, the Cemetery Musical, I believe, was what you were doing? Cemetery Musical? Do you mean the Georgia Smith concert at the Hollywood Cemetery? It was good. Um, honestly, showed my age. Um, I basically fell asleep in the middle of the concert because it was kind of like, it was kind of like picnic style. So it was like just a bunch of blankets down on the ground and it was like, you know, BYOB food, whatever. And yeah, man, about 45 minutes into this show, I put myself on the ground and I did not get back up. And there was multiple times where I definitely dozed off. Were you, like George Smith were you, were you straight old man though? Like mouth nah, open snore. Nah, I don't think anybody really caught me. You know, I, I, I was very discreet about it, but it was also like, you know, Georgia Smith show. It's not like everybody was like up, like going crazy or anything. Like people that were standing up were kind of swaying and dancing a little bit, but a lot of people were still sitting on the ground. So, you know, I hit it. I hit it. Well, um, there was a couple of guys there who were giving me shit because I was kind of like on my own Island. And I think they realized I was pretty tired at a certain point And I would just pop my head up like every 10 minutes and just announce whatever NFL draft pick there was. And then that's kind of like the guy on the couch, a half baked and just fell back to sleep. You are a real life Geico commercial. As much as you make fun of me for being like old man, even though I'm younger than you, you are the like epitome of the Geico months. commercials where he's That's, like, we, we, you know what? We new homeowners. You will not be like your parents. Don't go to sleep at concerts. I love <laughs> Don't give out useless information. No one gives a shit about. I love those <laughs> you check two I of mean, those off. Dude, I'm all energy all the time. It's just, you know what I'm going through with work right now. It's just been a real crazy couple of weeks. I've been traveling a little bit. It's just, yeah, it's catching up to me. Like, I don't... I'm sorry. I think you're a very talented artist. I am, I genuinely <laughs> enjoy your music. You do not put me to sleep. So if you ever want to give me tickets to a concert of yours, come on the podcast or just give me a call. Uh, please feel free to do so. Contact, as always, is in the list of the show rundown georgia smith everybody we do not condone going to sleep on her music we Wait, don't i think that's a beautiful thing i think when you're so angelic that your voice just puts people to peace like that's the ultimate compliment isn't it no it's not the no you're right you're right you're right i'm full of shit i'm full of shit show and being <laughs> an engaged listener um that was dope, though. Like I said, Hollywood musical. Um, well, whatever so it's called. The crazy thing is, last thing I'll say, you know my fandom of Tim Robinson. I've mentioned it like 30 times on the show. So they're doing this whole Netflix is a joke thing out in Los Angeles right now where it's just like this crazy like programming, like literally 50, 60 things going on. Started off with Chappelle, like doing a lot of stuff with Seth Rogen, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's Tim like, Robinson, a, like a Netflix Comic Con, right? Or something like that, Exactly. Right? Tim Robinson's doing a show Friday night at the Hollywood Cemetery of all places. 
like they didn't promote it or anything. Tickets went on sale. They were only $25 and sold out within three minutes. And like, they're being crazy strict about transferring tickets, resale, whatever. I think I'm so well, but if anybody listening has a connect, you could probably push me to the limit for those tickets. Like I hate to expose myself like that, but I'm willing to do some egregious things to get them. Okay. Uh, wow. I don't even know where to go with the fact you're willing to do egregious things for these tickets, but you know what? Grown men have a right to do whatever they choose to do with their bodies. Segue into our second conversation. Look at how you dress. Yeah. Good point. Oh, wow. Wow. Yo, bro. You know what? I'm fly. First off, your mom thinks I'm fly. We're going to start with that. Second yeah, off. I like you. Yeah. Oh, get that bullshit Panther shirt guys. Another Panther shirt on a day. <sighs> I can't um, wait until you get Baker Mayfield. No, we got Matt Corral. He's just like Baker, but without, you know, any of the headache. The Baker in this? Yeah. Uh, yeah, wants to get any headache. Um, <laughs> best case scenario happened in the draft. We got Icky, one of the best um, offensive linemen in the NFL draft from NC State, my alma mater. Akim is his name. We need to help on the offensive line. We got to protect our quarterback of the future whenever the future gets there after the head coach is gone. And we, we were going to get fleeced if we gave up the six pick. Completely happy with the draft from that perspective. Other than that, I wasn't blown away, but I give you credit. You said the best part of the draft were the deals. That's really what makes the draft. Not the actual players selected outside of the top ten, of course, but the trades from the other teams. And we saw a number of names move. Hollywood Brown, Marquise, uh, Marquise Brown, um, A.J. Brown. I'm getting into confused, but Hollywood Brown from Baltimore to Arizona. Uh, A.J. Brown left the Titans, and at the top of my head, I'm forgetting where he's going to, but I know he's getting $100 million. Jets. Yes. Wait. Is he Jets? No. It's not the Jets. No, no, I got that wrong. I got that wrong. I got that wrong. No, Shoot. but yeah, he's getting $100 M. And so I got to give you credit on that. You are absolutely true. That is what piqued my interest for the draft weekend trades. He, Tennessee, that's what it was. Sorry. No, he, he left, left Tennessee. Tennessee. Gosh darn it. Philly, that's what it is. It took me oh, like yeah, three it is jerseys is. to yeah. figure it out. Philly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, I think this is, uh, you know, it's been said over and over and over. This draft really wasn't loaded with a whole lot of talent in a lot of areas. Obviously, quarterbacks, you know, didn't really see a lot of guys come off until day two. It's the trades. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. And the other part is the wide receivers. It feels like we're entering this era where, Wide receivers are going to be the new running backs in a sense of, I don't think you're going to see a lot of teams willing to make the investment of 75 to $125 million for these guys coming out of their rookie contracts. It's going to be a revolving door of guys taking in the first two, maybe three rounds. They're going to play their three, four, five years for a team. And then they're going to move on to somewhere else to get that big contract. Well, we're just seeing, okay, quarterbacks got their money, right? The running back position you know, we're no, Emmett Smith has the one record that will never get broken because running backs aren't utilized that much. And running backs had a moment with Todd Gurley, CQ Elliott, where they, they did get money, but then people realize they're injury prone and their, their production is going to fall off. Wide receivers, we're seeing their value increase because take a look at the modern day NFL offense. You got to get vertical and you got to score 40 a game. So you need yeah. wide receivers that can do that. So now the money is just following where the production and where the eyes go. So that's why you see these young wide receivers realizing, once again, we play a vicious sport in which we can get injured. I got to cash in now. Year three of that rookie deal, you need to be looking to cash in. Because mm -hmm. if you get injured in year four, odds are you're not going to get your full value. Year five, if the team picks up 
that fifth year option, they're definitely not looking to pay you because they would have paid you before. So year mm-hmm. three receivers are like coming out. Like I got to get paid. I'm for it. I, I am. I, I think right now, the modern day NFL, you take a look at Devonte Adams, how dynamic he was. Stefan mm-hmm. Cooper cup, um, AJ Brown, even before he had some injuries last season, that's, that's where the money goes now. The running back position won't get it. Christian McCaffrey was the last running back who will get paid. But defensive lineman, you know, the age-old age old adage. Either, yeah, yeah, you either throw the football or hit the guy who throws the football. Yep. Now you either throw the football, catch the football, or hit the guy who throws the, throws the football. That's yep. And the catch the NFL. footballs for both sides, too. So, like, it's kind of extended from just pass catchers on the offense side. Like, lockdown safeties. It's a premium. You know, Jets went out and got Sauce Gardner with the number four pick because they, you know, guy got the ball thrown to him twice a game last year. Difference maker. If, if you're not able to bring it to that level, yeah, I think a lot of guys are probably going to have to shift teams to get that contract that they want. And that's, once again, why NFL free agency has taken a key from the NBA, and they made it very exciting. And that was the one thing, the eye-popping, you know, that's what got the group chats going. Um, when you talk to your boys, your friends, and that's what everyone's talking about. They weren't talking about draft picks. No one gave it mm-hmm. to you, but the trades nope. were impressive. Another big story, um, D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins getting busted for performance-enhancing drugs, six-game suspension for next season. Hate to see it, dude. I mean, like, it sounds like they're not even going to try and fight this at all. They're just accepting the penalty. That's that sucks, man. He's too good of a player. Really be interesting to hear the details behind this. What do we, I, I don't really see D-Hop as being the guy that's trying to curb the system or anything like that. He's coming so. back from injury, man. Like, oh, okay. you're coming so you back, think it was that? I mean, I, look, I, I wasn't in the room when the things went down. But we have seen numerous situations in which um, sometimes when players are coming back from injury, they can, they can either accidentally or purposefully take a substance because they're, they're trying to get back from injury. Um, or they're dealing with new rehab people or things of that nature. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he did this because he was coming back from injury. It's just – it's not out of the realm of possibility that a man coming back from injury, his first major injury of his career, and he's looking to get back and help his team. And, you know, the performance enhancing drugs list is a really, really large list of things. Right. There have been right. players who have been put on the PED list because they were taking substances to help them – with fertility issues and trying to have a child. I'm talking about Dwight Freeney? Or was no, that Mathis? Mathis? Who was it? It was Mathis. Mathis that's yeah. right, yeah. Uh, but he's not the only one. There have been a number of other ones. So that's it, – it, it, I'm not going to sit here and say it was because he was coming back from injury and it was this substance. I don't know any of those. But uh, the league will be without a dynamic pass catcher who's 30 years of age coming off of a major injury for six games this year. Which is the reason they paid a premium to get Brown. So they knew it was coming in the works. That's why they made the move they moved, made. Yeah, I mean, having a stroke. If only they would have got a quarterback, you know, because. Okay, we okay. Know. I think you we I think know. You, we I think get you it. Put him down enough to pass. Oh, oh, Let's give oh, him a break oh, oh. until August. Oh, you said I put him down. I should help him up. I don't know. I think there's certain players. I, I think I'm an empathetic person. I think that's what we're kind of getting out of the show because, like, I'm just not as quick to bury some of these guys as you are. A lot of people are. I think Kyler, to your point, he, you know, his size, it, it, it's a bit of a challenge. But I don't think he's as bad of a quarterback as everybody else saying. Like, Look, you put him in division. Look, man, Rams stood in. Seahawks yeah. were relative. I mean, Seahawks were competitive. Um, mm-hmm. 49ers. Difficult to, yeah. And I mean, 49ers, Jimmy G. 
which we yep. still got to see how that plays out. Um, right. it, I just think like the league has never been as flush with superstar quarterbacks as it is right now. And I think it's making a lot of guys look a lot less better than they are. And we can just call a spade a spade. NFL is flourishing with superstar quarterbacks right now, which is a great thing for us as fans, great things for the league. But it doesn't mean just every guy that's not top five isn't, you know, a franchise type worth max dollar type money. Like, I don't think you're going to get you can't pay everybody max dollars. If your quarterback is you're typically going to have to pay your quarterback max dollars. If you don't get them, you basically have two decisions. You work them through their rookie deal, and if you don't get it then, then you need to just move on from them completely, or you got to pay a max dollar. It's one of the two. And that's where we are with Kyler. Literally, So you, you think deal. they should just move on and go on to another quarterback and let him go out to the abyss of the NFL? If he ain't it, he ain't it. I get that. I just, yeah. Good debate. That's what it is. Good debate. Good um, debate. National Basketball Association playoffs, second round, tipping off. I watched none of the games. I have nothing to add. Uh, it's so good last night. I can't believe I'm saying that. They looked so good last night. Who did? Phoenix. Oh, man, I, I was knocked out last night. So here's what happened over, over the weekend. You went to the cemetery and danced on some people's graves, right? Oh, God. I went no down to Washington, D.C. Went down to D.C., surprised the future in-laws, uh, surprise birthday party for them, and took the, took the Amtrak down, right? I've said this numerous times because my family enjoys riding Amtrak. Amtrak is dependable. It's not reliable. It will get you there. You just don't know when. So, boom. Catch the 5.30 a.m. train out of D.C. Union for New York, New York Moynihan yesterday morning, 5.30. We get three stops in to Baltimore, Washington International Airport. They're like, yeah, there's some sort of issue north of Philadelphia. No trains are running to Philly. Our last stop is Philly. Look at a map. Philly is well south of New York. So we're on this damn train to nowhere, which is Philadelphia. And I still got to get back to New York. So got a rental car. And keep in mind, we were in D.C. the night before. And I'm like, okay, I'm sitting on a train for three hours. I'm just going to sleep on the train. I didn't go to sleep until 2 a.m. Sunday night, Monday morning. Up at 4 for this freaking train. And then I had to take like a 20-minute nap and get a rental car and drive from Philly to New York. I was knocked out last night. Miss everything. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. I mean, I think the first-round matchups might even be better than the second-round ones, the way it's kind of shaping up right now. Oh, what was the score between Dallas and Phoenix? The handle? Um, Did they cover eight and a half? Was, I can't remember what I turned it off towards like the other third quarter. Phoenix was, I mean, I think they won by double digits, like 12 or something like that, but maybe they shrunk it down a little bit, but they owned the game the whole time. Luca was literally the only person for Dallas doing anything. I think he no, was like 45 I, I and 12. Swear they did not. You see, this is, this is my ordeal. Brent. The final ordeal. The final Phoenix won 121, 114. There you go. Seven I points. took eight and a half. That's okay, man. Sorry, man. Sorry you lost that two bucks. <laughs> Bro boy bets. I told you that's my hashtag, man. Bro boy bets. <laughs> um, look, the Suns are the best team in the West. We ain't, gotta, we ain't really got to go on and on on that one. But it was um, – I wish I could have watched any of these games of the weekend, but I missed them all. No clue. Nothing to add from the National Basketball Association other than those highlights of Giannis punking Jason Tatum. Like – there was one I saw on my phone or Instagram, maybe, where I guess Tatum was trying to, you know, body him up like he was on KD. And, like, he literally bounced 
off of Giannis, and Giannis just spun, like bounced off and fell to the floor, and Giannis just spun and dunked. I mean, I've said it so many times on here. He is mini Shaq from 92. Like, Giannis has just figured out how to take what he had, his skill set and body, and make it as solid as possible. He learned from every weakness that he had, especially in the playoffs two, three years ago. All right, this is how you're exploiting me. Check that. Let me figure out how to counter it. He's amazing. I mean, like, we talk about Jordan, like, so many conversations. We're not going to get into it. The whole Jordan, LeBron, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, again, for the millionth time, why I pick Jordan every single time is he knows how to win. He knows how to win those big games. And ultimately, that's all that matters in basketball. Everything else is just white noise. Jordan knows how to win big games. Giannis is starting to feel that way. Come on now, dog. Come on, man. I'm not saying about a lot of guys. I'm not saying he's Jordan. I'm simply saying this guy is very good at figuring out where his blind spots are and attacking the shit out of him to make him a lot tougher to beat. That's what Jordan was good at. A lot of guys don't want to say, hey, I got my ass kicked by the Pistons for the last month. Let me go bust my ass in the weight room. That's not how a lot of guys' mentalities are. Not to pick on Ben Simmons, but perfect point in case. You can look at a lot of elite athletes. They tend to lean into their strengths more and more, especially when their weaknesses expose them. Not Giannis. I heard this once uh, from an athletic perspective. Work on your strengths until they become your second nature. Work your weaknesses until they become your strength. And the best athletes do it. I'm glad Jordan could do that against the Pistons. If only he could run an NBA organization and get to the second round of the playoffs. Um, Dan Antoni. No, never. Over my dead damn body. (laughs) Um, Hornets are in, in we're, we're doing this obviously because Brandon has no allegiance to any team. He doesn't care. Me, I'm a diehard Jets. fan of two teams that always, it's not that they break my heart, but like we don't expect much. And when they do do something, we're like, damn, they could be competitive. Um, a number of NBA coaching jobs are still out there. We see Mark Jackson's name linked with Sacramento. And right now we have three names, actually four, um, for the current opening in Charlotte. Kenny Atkinson, the former head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, who Kyrie got fired. Um, Darvin Ham, decent player. He's just coaching Milwaukee. And Mike D'Antoni, who, the let's God. be honest, he had every opportunity in New York, Houston, Phoenix. Have you ever known a man to have be mediocre in major markets and still people look at him like, damn, you know what? He might be a good coach. Mike D'Antoni will get you to the second round of playoffs, but the issue is this. you got to stop somebody in the second round of playoffs. And that man don't know defense. I told you, I stopped calling him Mike D'Antoni. No D. Mike D'Antoni should not be the coach of the Hornets. Well, the good news for you is we all know Glenn is going to get his pink slip in about two weeks. So uh, that's where he's shifting to. Charlotte's good. Don't even stress it or sweat it. No, you got me worked up for no damn reason. I wasn't even gonna talk about that, so you had to bring it up. You, you know, get. man. Nah, man, I do. I am so impressed. He's like the uh, North Turner. Remember North Turner in the NFL? He was the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys when they won Super Bowls. And ever since then, people thought he'd be a good coach, but he was trash in Washington. Suspected the San Diego Chargers, and I feel like he had one or two other stops. At that point, you're like, why do you keep hiring this dude? Isn't why? his son the offensive coordinator now? That's the issue with the NFL and black coaches not getting jobs because nepotism, McVay, nepotism, Shanahan, nepotism, LaFleur. Uh, Sean McVay. His dad was offensive coaches. Granddad was like a, um, his granddad was like, Sean McVay's father was on the coaching staff of the 49ers with Joe Montana. 
His grandfather was a coach too. Yeah. He was like a ball boy. Interesting. Um, and then you have obviously Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco, Mike LaFleur or Matt LaFleur, whatever, him and his brother. So like mm-hmm. nepotism is big in the national football. Norv Turner's son, Scott Turner, offense coordinator of the commanders. Think about that. He was, his father was a bad coach in Washington mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the nepotism was so strong there that Dan Snyder was like, I'll get your boy and make him an offensive coordinator. Um, man, I'm going to have to find it for a future episode. Sean McVay was, uh, I think, I want to say like Georgia, like player of the year in high school football. And I got to find who he's competing against. Because if I'm not mistaken, he wanted out against some like ungodly player. I got to go back and look, but just a good, good reminder. Yeah, Sean McVay's father was a general by the name of Tim McVay. And uh, his grandfather, John McVay, was a head football coach at the University of Dayton and head coach of the New York Giants in the 70s. He served as general manager of the 49ers for the team's five Super Bowl championships from 1980 through 1990. That was his grandfather. Got his it. father, Tim, it. was the defensive back at Indiana University. Nice. So, yeah, a lot of lineage, but you're 100% right. A lot of nepotism. And for the Sean McVay, this is our fact of the day. Sean McVay beat out Calvin Johnson for high school player of the year in 2003 in Georgia. <laughs> Calvin Johnson couldn't win the Super Bowl with Matt Stafford, but Sean McVay did. Full circle. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, that's so wild. Um, for that's News Weekly, get towards the end of the show. And this, once again, impacts the great state of New York. I live in New York City, which is nowhere near freaking Buffalo. I have no clue how far I am from Buffalo, but I have no desire to ever go to Buffalo. But my tax dollars are going to Buffalo. In the state's newest $220 billion budget, the Empire State has set aside $600 million in taxpayer funding for the new stadium of the Buffalo Bills. And it ain't got no damn dome on it. It's an outdoor stadium. Don't make any sense. It's 2022. Put a dome on it. Well, I mean, also, it's like the entire state shouldn't be subsidizing one team that isn't even in a major metropolitan area, and no one's going to. I, you know what? This is the one thing I don't get. Why doesn't the NFL basically just loan for these teams? Like, they have endless financing. They obviously could just hire Jerry Jones to do it and pay him, you know, 25 cents extra on the dollar, whatever, figure out that deal. But then you don't have to position it for taxpayers to take care of it, which isn't fair. I don't care how many jobs it creates, blah, 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 blah. Secondly, then you don't run into instances where St. Louis is jumping to Los Angeles or Oakland's jumping to Las Vegas. Like it's something that the NFL could control a little bit better. They obviously could help control the financing and make the situations a lot more feasible for a lot. of. So the issue is the NFL actually does provide owners an opportunity to borrow money for the stadium, but that money never costs, never covers the full cost. And let's be honest, why should the NFL and owners spend their money when they will gladly allow cities and States now to spend theirs. So that is what's going on up in, up in Buffalo. Buffalo is seven hours from here. Taxpayers shouldn't pay anything that they own with an exception of school systems, which I'm sure there's many other things. This isn't a one catch all political statement, but yes, fans should not be paying for stadiums. It's not like when when they're not playing on Sunday, we have access to exactly (laughs) completely agree with that. If anything, it should be a city ordinance kind of thing. Thank you. Um, But that being said, the state of New York in theory doesn't pay for the giants and jets because they don't play in New York. I don't know. Finesse is weekly. I'm getting finessed. High taxes for a stadium that I will never set foot in. 
But relatively speaking, it's $600 million. The state of New York probably has, what, 20-something million people that live in it. So it's a couple pennies. But just principalities smoking. Where are we if we don't have our principal? And that's just where I am. If I'm going to put five on it, I expect to get something out of it. Yep, I like that. As always, like thank y'all for listening to the podcast. If you like it, give us a like. And we have noticed all of y'all sharing the show. I appreciate that. But Brandon, what else should they do? Vote no for Buffalo Stadium. Fuck them. Well, I mean, I think the vote's already passed. It's in the state budget. Um, you can also Come on, contact I didn't your, know that. Yeah, you can also contact your local... <laughs> local representative. Yeah, contact your local representative. Um, and discuss a lot of pertinent legal issues that are going on today may the third a lot of pertinent legal issues involving like time honored rights for the last 50 years contact your local congressman and discuss about it. don't talk about it on twitter you ain't doing nothing be a part of the solution don't be a part of the problem right put your right. people on so they can put their people on we're gonna see y'all back again in a couple of days seven miles away i got a suit seven hours i gotta play that damn stadium later big Jeez.